recording straight out of Five Scotland, you're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts Stuart Sullen and Magic Mike Christie. Yo. Welcome to episode 207 of the Films and Swearing movie podcast. Today we will be completing our Quentin Tarantino filmography. Ah, yeah. As of this date, aye, the 30th of November 2018, in case you're listening far off into the future and he's directed 30 more films since then. Yeah. No. At this stage, we'll conquered his whole filmography, as today we are reviewing Death Proof. I genuinely thought you were saying that. I Well, I'll rephrase that. I thought you got mixed up, because I thought you were going to start with... We are completing our Never Mind November. Oh, season. yes, no. Ah, that is definitely completed. Mm. That is it for another another November. Yeah. But, yeah. So. Ah, the four weeks went by pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Death Proof was your, yeah. your call, wasn't it? It was what was chosen on Twitter? Yeah, well, I put up my... I done what you done. I put up my two choices. And yeah, just mm. let fate be. We've got this and Royal Tenenbaums. Yes, aye. So, are you looking forward to Aquaman at all? Um, I only only watched the Comic Con trailer, and it never done anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I might go and see it. Yeah, because I mean, like, like I, I wasn't really a fan of Justice League. Mm-hmm. But the only redeeming quality was Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Yeah. Well, that said, I've seen, there's like this one trailer that was on for about five minutes. I stripped that one. And that that was sort of the one that kind of gave you, like, the, the I imagine it gave you the tone of the film. Like, Jason Momoa's, obviously, like, big hulking dude, but he's a total laid-back, hippie attitude, where, like, there's this one point where they're in a Sahara desert, and there's a big device that needs to be activated with moisture. And his, his lady, I can't remember the character names. I think it's Amber Heard, draws water from him, like from his forehead, drops on the machine and it all comes to life. And he's like, oh, that's it. If that if that was the key, you could have tell me I would have just peed on it. Like, it's just all wee cheesy throwaway lines that he was coming up with. But then it led you into this giant action sequence where they're running along rooftops and they're being chased by fucking big mech suits firing laser beams at them with like the black manta like that character with like uh, the big eyes and the black suit like they're in like a hot pursuit running along rooftops and it looked visually impressive just with the way how I would like to have known how they filmed that action sequence it almost just looks like it's just like a drone camera flying over rooftops and following him and it flies over to Amber Heard being pursued by the same bad guys. And it's sort of like those Jason Bourne sequences where they're running through houses, jumping out of windows uh, into other buildings and continuing the chase. Yeah. And yeah, and then as soon as Cameron saw that, there's sharks fighting seahorses underwater. Like his interest was like peaked. He's like, <gasps> sharks. The names have got to has astounded me. Willem Dafoe, Nicole Kidman... And Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren's in this. Dolph Lundgren's in this. Oh, that's me fucking sold. Like, like ginger hair. 
on a seahorse. You better show up as fucking Drago of the sea, like <laughs> I will be fucking saying that. <laughs> I will crush you. <sighs> but is Willem Dafoe? Is he the bad guy? Nah, I, I, it's got to be Drago. It has to be Drago. It fucking better be Drago. Nah, so there, there's got to be a point where he is. Maybe he'll double cross them. Where he's been his right hand man the whole time, and he's like, no, yeah. I fuck hate, I fucking hate you and your father. <laughs> there's there's a a moment in like the most recent trailer because it gets bad when they, they pop a trailer it's like the final trailer and it's like are you sure are you definitely yeah. sure that's the final trailer and there's a guy starting a fight on him in a bar mm. and he's like hey fish boy uh, and like, I keep seeing that we collect and he's like it's fish man to you so <sighs> I mean it looks like harmless fun but yeah. I'm seeing some bold claims, you know how there's film uh, like film lads and all these fucking movie websites putting up images on Facebook. There's one reviewer said better than the Dark Knight. And it's like that's a bold, that's a bold, bold claim bold statement like yeah. Like that probably has been like the best like superhero film in the past decade anyway. It won an Oscar and Yeah. The only way I could see if they're even going to attempt this new, I could just see Jason Momoa and Dolph Lundgren pinning doing <laughs> Willem Dafoe and say, it's for the Oscar. Just think about it. And they're putting a pillow over his face. Like, shh, shh. Box office gold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't worry, you'll get best supporting actor. We'll make sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sitting screaming, muffling. So I wanted it for the Florida Project. Mm. <laughs> Not for the fucking fish movie. Um. Uh. Uh, I mean, if I do get the time, I'll probably go and see it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm obviously I'm off. My days off this week, but fucking on Monday, I'm I'm kind of tempted to pop across to the kino and check out Wreck It Ralph. Mm. Just because like I like I I love the first one. Eh? Yeah. So I'm kind of interested to see what the second one's like. I think we're definitely going to attempt to take the boys to uh, see that as well. I mean, I just. It just depends. Eh? Like I might just. I've got a busy week with those that start at fucking Christmas. Yes. So I might just take a day where I'm just going to chill and do fuck all. Mm-hmm. But it's a time where we're going to get overwhelmed with, with movies now. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. The film stars Kurt Russell as stuntman Mike. Zoe Bell as Zoe Bell. Rosario Dawson as. Abernathy. Mm-hmm. Vanessa Ferlito is Arlene. Sydney. That is Sydney Poitier. Yeah. At, on IMDb, they have her now as Sydney Tamia Poitier. I can't say that fucking surname. Is she, is she related to the, the original Sydney Poitier? You know, the. Uh, I, I feel. The, the, the I, black, black actor for like the 60s and 70s and all that. me was thinking that. But then when I'd seen her, and it's like. Because he was in that, is it in the heat of the night and like, like Night of the Jackal or Day of the Jackal, whatever it is. That's possible. I've not done my research, but mm. uh, Tracy Thomas as Kim, Rose McGowan as Pam, Jordan Ladd as Shanna, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Lee. Now, Mike, what is the plot to Death Proof? Um, I've got it down as the tale of stuntman Mike and his Death Proof car going a killing spree. It's a really hard one to narrow a general like plot because it's quite like random. Yeah. Like it's 
it's weird. It's a kind. It's a hard one to kind of describe what the actual plot is because there's a few things in the film that kind of didn't, like didn't get answers to. Hmm. Aye. But we'll obviously get to that. For a second there, I was just thinking that obviously, like, what what does Mike do in this film? Like, more or less, he's giving lassies a lift home, and then I just thought, oh, in the in fucking like nowadays, it would be the death proof car. Would have like an Uber sticker at the side of it. <laughs> your Uber's yeah. either, like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, your driver is stuntman, mate. He's like, skip, skip. He <laughs> has just, a scar on his face. He's getting, he's getting the passenger seat at the boot, just <laughs> washing blood off it. It's cool. <laughs> he will not charge you for this ride. <laughs> okay, so it's known that both of us have seen this film previously in a way. Yeah. And, I mean, it was originally released 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years or more. Uh, Mike, what do you now think of the film? Um, well, that's a good point because I actually... I broke, I broke this film down to the good things about the film. Yep. And the bad things. Aye. And there's a part where I've got in my notes, I've got, like, watching it a decade apart because mm. this is only the second time I've actually watched it. I've only ever watched it previously once, and that's when I got a hold of it, like 10 years ago. Um, I'm trying to fucking think if... When I got it on DVD, it was like a two-disc DVD, all the features was on another disc, but... Mm-hmm. I genuinely can't... Nah, it's fucking... It's Planet Terror has the whole machete trailer playing before the film. Yes. Um, But... Yeah, so I think ours was the 114-minute one without the trailers. Yes, definitely. So what do, what do you think of the film, Mike? Uh, I mean, going by when I seen it like a decade ago, I think I, I, think I like it a bit more than I did 10 years ago. I think it's mm. because of my appreciation for Kurt Russell as I got older. Yeah, aye, I could like, I mean, share that. Obviously, I was aware of like, the films you'd done 10 years ago and stuff, mm-hmm. but I didn't think I was fully committed to like, a lot of these films as what I am now. Aye. I mean, it's all right. It's not, it's not terrible, mm-hmm. but it's not great either. Yeah. I was like, if you compare it to his other work, sure. But this one seems, I reckon if, if his standard was a bit more relaxed... I feel like he just kind of let folk talk for a while. Aye. And... Well, this is what people were complaining about. Um, like Hateful Eight, it's, it's too much dialogue. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, like with Pulp Fiction, you got a shit ton of dialogue, but you get some interest in Scenarios. stuff along the way. Definitely. And I mean, I'm trying to think, like, Jackie Brown's like that as well. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of dialogue, but then you get a lot of really genius scenes where they, like, this. Like with the role, the like the the setup of the fucking aye on the third act. Yeah, aye. I I share a similar opinion on this film. It's it's not like in his top three or top five, um. But he he works out some interesting scenes with this one. Yeah. And again, it's also it's like a unique story. Uh, it's only it's sort of like one of the things you would only really see from like Quentin Tarantino, where it's things that do like. This old, this grand old stunt man, and then pe- preying on lassies, but yeah, it ends up preying on the wrong group of lassies. Yeah. Uh, because 
Also, the whole point of Grindhouse was like them homaging seventies, ah, sort of like well, what did they say Grindhouse double features. Yeah. So it has to have like that seventies influence where I guess it was just he was a serial killer who used his car to kill people. Yeah. No, I, I find myself enjoying it more than I thought because I, I think when I watched it originally, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't blown away by it either. I thought yeah. like. Alright, that's fine. But then Planet Terror, like, ah, it was gory, bloody, yeah, bile. Planet Terror was just mere, like, a more easier watch. Aye, entertaining. There was, like, Tarantino's bollocks were falling off. <laughs> Bruce Willis, Saeed from Lost, and yeah. Josh Brolin. There's so much going on in comparison to Death Proof, where it feels like maybe 60% of the film is. There's ladies talking. Yeah. Like whether they're, they're sat in a coffee bar, sat in a car, in a convenience store. It's just a lot of dialogue. Yeah. So, and I think, because Death Proof was first when you yeah. watched Grindhouse. So they kind of, it was the one where it was like, all right, yeah, it's fine. And then the second half is like, holy shit, this is mental. So yeah. I'm not sure if it was purposely done that way in case they give you like a, because if you watched Planet Terror first, then got Death Proof after it, you probably would have come off hating it even more. Yeah. Thinking, man, what a dry second half. Yeah. But when you watch them separately, without any links to Planet Terror, it's not a terrible film. Nah. What was the one my first notes was like, a good thing about it was like the Grindhouse, like, homage. (laughs) When I watched it, 10 years ago, I didn't really kind of notice the whole, like, tears and the... Oh, where's like, like this shitty scratch yeah. cell- celluloid? And... I didn't really notice that, but I also noticed it. And this one, because it was mere, like you'll see, noticed things a lot more. Aye, and that's it. It felt like it was laid on thick to begin with. You like you got your old fashioned film titles, and it was yeah. like that that cartoon panther going through the forest. Yeah. Like, this film is restricted for adults only, and and then you got the original the pop sounds and you got scratches. the original Tarantino working title then it automatically aye cut to the like it's like this it's like they just kind of like edit that in yes like because like these jump cuts and pops Tarantino's Thunderbolt or something yeah something like that Mm -hmm. aye and it was that's what I I written on here because I had the same note I'm just wondering is it effective or is it annoying because does it do you feel it distracts you when you're watching it or it was just like a novelty Um. I don't know, like, one bit you kind of do pick up on it is when the girls are chatting, like, the first set of girls are, like, chatting in the diner, and it's like it kind of skips back two seconds. Yes, Aye, there's, like, the a same line of dialogue yeah. twice, three times, it's, like, repeated mm. twice, then it, a third time from a different camera angle. Yeah. And I noticed that, where it's like, okay, we get it. <laughs> the only letdown I think of it was... Like, there's this grindhouse filter that you're watching it through. Like, fair enough, you're making it look old. But then you're seeing them sitting playing with, like, Nokia mobiles. Uh-huh. So they're using, like, modern technology, but it's got this old-ass film filter on yeah. it. It just Disney seem right. It just Disney I could, compute. Because before I seen the phones, I was thinking, is this sitting in the 70s or the 80s? Exactly. There wasn't... They weren't showing you any like modern television. There's all dive bars with jukeboxes. Yeah. Nobody was, but when this lassie pulls it, her, her Nokia, 
starts sending a text to this, this mystery boyfriend, you're like, oh, I guess that's present day. I guess this is yeah. uh, 2007. Aye. Uh, so, but I mean, let's talk about the, the, the first girls, how I, well, I've decided to cry them. You've got your radio personality, uh, Jungle Julia, mm. which is probably a name that you won't be able to get away with nowadays. Just a uh, Jungle, it's a black chick. Ah, uh, yeah. Political correctness uh, gone gone wild. Yeah. You're not even allowed to have man sized tissues nowadays. I know. So <laughs> we won't go down that that road. But Jungle Julia, does that feel that's probably a name you could get away with in the seventies. That's yeah. Maybe it feels like it's like a black exploitation title. Like with with coffee and like like Jungle Julia looks like a lassie with a fucking machine gun kicking ass. Mm. But she is a a radio personality, and probably the thing that misleads us to begin with is she's sitting listening to records getting high. And just the fact that she's using vinyl records is thinking, oh, this maybe is an older film. Mm-hmm. But no, it's just, she just uses old, old style music. Yeah. So really, out of the first girls, the only people you really need to care about is Jungle Julia and Butterfly. Yeah. Butterfly's character... You know, it's, there's always like a Tarantino sort of trait. This film, the way... Like, where does the fucking camera spend half its time in this film? I feel like it spends half this film hanging around girls' waists. Mm. Like, the opening credits is a lassie running up to the toilet and the camera's just panned on her crotch and she's running, fucking holding on mm. <laughs> for dear life. And then when they're at the bar, it's just watching her ass swaying back and forwards. It's also hanging around Lassie's feet quite a lot. Kind of like, I think people say that Tarantino has a bit of a, a foot fetish. And he really kind of, well, the proof is in the pun in this one. It just shows you, like, those long shots like Rosario Dawson's yeah. bare feet. I mean, obviously that could be him paying tribute to fucking Pulp Fiction. Because remember, that was the whole thing with Marcellus Wallace and all that, like, with the foot massage yeah. thing and stuff. aye, aye. Um, but I think if that is also could you lend that to like a grindhouse thing as well where just sort of like a sex sales so they're just watching lassies shake their ass yeah. and... now Rose McGowan has a good part in the first half of this film yeah she was what was it Pam yeah because at first she didn't seem to have any association with the other parties that were in the bar she was just sat at the bar yeah and the other girls were sort of making comments about her behind her back like it was it uh, oh, they were fun of the hippie. Yes, aye, that, that fake blonde hippie. But who was... The first girls were talking about them at the bar, at their table, and it cuts to Pam at the bar talking with Stuntman Mike. Mm. And like, the introduction for Stuntman Mike... Oh, as his keys just slide along the table. Aye, as he's polishing off like a plate of, what's it? Nachos. Aye, natural grandies. <laughs> and it's the fact that the camera's so close, you see him... Yeah. Licking his fucking fingers. I was like, zoom out! Zoom out! I don't want to see what his fucking fillings look like. Yeah. And Rose McGowan does quite good, I think, in, I was going to say, in Tarantino films. I'm trying to think how often is she fucking in them? But she's... Jenna don't think she's been in anyone apart for this. I know, it's weird. For some reason, I feel like she's always been one of his like yeah. stable actors, but it's just the way she handles, the way she delivers her dialogue when she's telling that story about Jungle Julia to 
the stuntman Mike saying, I'd rather die before I'd give her my chocolate milk. And she's like, she's absolutely quite good at delivering dialogue. And it's maybe she shows up more in maybe Robert Rodriguez films. It's probably what I'm thinking of. Because she also shows she up in, in Planet, Planet Terror. Terror. She was one of the main... Yeah. The fucking poster girl with the machine gun leg. Yeah. So, I thought she done actually quite good in this. And it's not until I, they get offered that lift home. But they're all sitting, meeting guys in the bar. And yeah. what what... The fact that it's obviously like Tarantino's pals. You've got Eli Roth. Eli Roth. Who's comes across quite intense. Like at first he's all happy. And then yeah. when you've got they're all outside having a smoke, getting high, and Eli Roth's like, We need to get these bitches drunk. Like we need to make sure they like get drinks down their necks so they lose their fucking like their yeah. morals just so we could fucking more or less fuck these lassies. Yeah, I, I- I didn't even notice. I I never picked up Eli Roth when I first watched it. Nah, I probably wouldn't know who he was. It wasn't until also when I watched it last night and I was like, that's fucking Eli Roth. That's that's the bear Jew. Yeah. <laughs> and like also I recognised who the other Aye, cause the other two were as well. They were um it's, it's, Yes, is it is it not Dominic De Coco? Yeah. Aye, cause that's who butterflies yeah. they were going she's going out to make out in his car. And he had the umbrella waiting for her. Yeah. I that was. I looked at him and was like, that's fucking Dominic. That's Dominic de Coco. Yeah. <laughs> the only other thing I've got to say about the first girls is really just when it gets to their deaths. Do you have any other notes for the first uh, act? I, I did like, like the head on collision. Like you done. Like the. Yes. Like you got the whole different. You basically got to see. Four takes, four deaths. Yeah. Aye. But I mean, obviously, you did get. But just before that, though, you got the bit where he took Pam him and he showed her why the car's caught death proof. Yes. And, and it, I mean, like, surely it would have been a bit worrying that there's like a big fucking plastic glass screen exactly. in between fucking the two seats. Mm-hmm. And she really was like, oh, I've not really got any other choice. I'm going to have to take this lift. Yeah. And it's not until they're in, and it's fucking, he changes. Because they uh, don't get to like a junction, and he takes the the, the wrong exit. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, well, that, that was that was my turn back way," and he'd changed. He was he was uh, fucking evil at this point, and it was just when he was talking about the fucking car. Just, Kurt Russell gets some great lines in this. Yeah, but I think it's just again another guy that works really well with Quentin Tarantino's dialogue, where he's talking about this car's death proof, but it's only death proof from my side yeah and then he just fucking does he not just slam the brakes and she batters hmm. off the front of the car the yeah like the dashboard and you see the blood just like the blood splattered everywhere I, I, I had Cameron like my five year old in the room when it was building up to that scene I was like Cameron look away look away for the telly because that was when he was like no feeling well I was like just lie on the bed don't look at the TV and he just had like the car revving up and he's turning over looking like what's going on he's like look away son <laughs> look away <laughs> Rose McGowan's about to get her puss smashed in <laughs> look away <laughs> aye doesn't it half eh yeah and it's like the black blood where she's like oh I'm sorry mister it's, uh, I get the joke let's you just drop me off here it's cool yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's not happening aye it's when he he stalks like the first girls and kind of goes Bantam turns around and goes, and it is that that shot of the two cars colliding is amazing. Yeah, 
the way it's filmed because it's like this good aerial shot and it just looks like the fucking death proof car just jumps right on into uh, their car and it is that that four that four, four shots yeah like, I was sitting typing notes for this podcast and watching it at the same time so I like a wee like oh what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and the mu- choice of music that's playing in the car where it's it's I reckon the names any lead songs but it had the lyrics like hold me tight and it's like I better fucking hold tight they're gonna get hit with another car than who and the and Julia's always sitting with her foot hanging yeah, out, hanging out. Kind of knew that. And they're like, "Oh, she's gonna lose that foot. She's gonna lose the foot. Something horrible's gonna happen to the foot." And then like the fucking leg goes off, and you're like, "Oh yeah, fuck her." I think the worst one was fucking. Oh, butterfly. Uh, yeah. Getting her, her face melted. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was that engrossed watching it, and I'm pretty sure Cameron was watching it too. Like that was the moment you should have looked away from the telly, son. <laughs> But by the time I'd seen, like, the fucking driver was kind of got off light. She looked like she kind of got it to the chest. Yeah. Like, the steering wheel crushed into her chest, but butterfly, face melt. Fucking Jungle Juliet lost the leg. Her other pal got... Ejector seat. Fucking bye. Cheerio. And it was just the way Cameron was lying. like, he's watching that fucking film. (laughs) It was too late. Fucking literally... Uh, Butterfly's face just got. Gonna see him like, reenacting it with two cars next. Ah, uh, Lightning McQueen's just ripping the face off. <laughs> <laughs> off fucking Doctor Alan Grant. <laughs> and really, the great in between scene is you can say it's like a film of two parts. Yeah, and that was our first part because it's not like this is like half an hour this is not like the remake of Friday the 13th it's not where it's like oh this is our cast then they get killed off in 15 minutes like oh yeah. then the real film starts this one you got a good what felt like 45 minutes with these girls so you got to see you got to fund it like the whole dare about the lap dance yeah stuntman Mike having that conversation reciting the poem and doing that cracking John Wayne impression. Ah, uh, yeah. And it's like, man, he is the one of the coolest cunts alive. And he's like, you're no good in my book. And he pulls the book out, pulls it, turns it to the page. And like, you go under the category of chicken shits. And the last thing, of course, our eggs are on to give him the lap dance. Yeah. But it wasn't. In just fact, like, he does like a virgin pina colada. Yes. But he calls it pina colada. Aye. And it was he's it's like all those wee traits I like where Tarantino puts into a film where they'll have like a, a choice of a drink and they always mention his his favourite brand of cigarettes oh yeah or his apples yes or his, not his favourite his own brand like yeah his fictional brand Kahuna burger yes they reference that as well I remember nah, it's all in, within his wee universe yeah of films isn't it because you get that's weird because you get that with fucking like even though it's it's not a Tarantino director film, but you get that in uh, from Dust or Dawn. When Clooney comes back to the motel, he's got big kahuna burgers and they're smoking uh, red apples and stuff. Yeah. And and you get the whole Tarantino like like trunk trait. You didn't get that in this film, though. Yeah, I don't think they're ever in that. Trunk, right enough. Because you always get that trait where it's the trunk opens and it's a camera like even like in, inside the, the trunk filming out the exactly way. Exactly, like someone's POV if they're in the yeah. trunk. Um, are you going to be are you talking about the hospital 
Yeah, see, I, yeah. Like that that nice sort yeah. of segue um, and familiar face showing up. Yeah, Michael Parks. He's no. a good part of the film. Is he? Is it both him and his son? Yeah. Is it James Park? Yes. Yes, because that's it. Obviously, James Park went on to kind of not take his place, but he was in the hateful eight, wasn't he? Aye, he was OB. Yes. Because you kind of I noticed the the similarities yeah. when you've seen them, but it's the fact that both of them stand their hands on hips, the big fucking yeah. cowboy hat, and I love the fact that because is it Tim McGraw, Errol, Errol McGraw, Errol's the one that's like uh, Michael Park's character's yeah, uh, name, Errol McGraw, Errol, and the fact he knows he knows uh, exactly what Mike's the up thing to. is, it's, it's, it's like the whole thing. It's like. It's not what you can prove. No, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Aye. And is it, am I going to put the hours into solving this case, or am I going to put it into NASCAR? <laughs> <laughs> so I know what I'm going to yeah. be doing. But um, I, I love that fucking line of dialogue he has, where like, it's like, it's his big evil plan just to shoot his goo. <laughs> and just that line of shooting his goo. Is like, I, oh. I also like the way that he references his son as son number one. <laughs> no, as well. Do, do you know? Remember um, them showing up in Kill Bill. Mm. I think you got it in Kill Bill Volume Two, where you the, got a, a, an extended uh, bit when they went the, to the, the, wind, ma- the Wind Chapel massacre. Yes, and it was obviously Aaron McGraw, and it was his son. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also had that wee tie tie in with Planet Terror, where it was the Doctor Block. Yeah, is like, uh, honestly. I, I, I never picked up because obviously when I first watched it I didn't watch Planet Terror yet aye and I, I think that whole thing just went over my head aye and that's it I, I did own Planet Terror I remember buying that yeah, on DVD yeah I have it on DVD as well and did watch it a few times and I always remember the great scenes with her and she always had like three needles needles and it would be different sort of like, like stage paralysis she, exactly and, and you had I reckon if she was doing it, no. Josh Brolin was using the the syringes on her, and her hands were limp, and she was trying to open a car door, and yeah, and there's all those gruesome shots as she like broke her wrist or something. Yeah, but just to see her there for that second, we're just like just sewing it all together. It's like those yeah. wee touches I like. I think I would have enjoyed it a bit more if there was a wee bit of Josh Brolin there. Aye, aye, just even like past him in the corridor yeah. or if he shouted her off camera. But I did like the end uh, Michael Park's dialogue. It's like, it's like, I'll be sure of one thing. This motherfucker better not, like, better not do this again in Texas. Because they're like, Lebanon, 14 months later. Yeah. Right enough, different town. So he's fucking shifted. And I think that's where the Grindhouse filter ends. Aye, it does. Or maybe it ends at the hospital. Ends at the hospital. Like, when it, it just does. cuts to the McGraws, like, that. I yeah. think that's when the filters vanished, because I never noticed until, like, you had the black and white filter in the second half. Yeah. And when that snapped off, I kind of thought, wait a minute, there's no scratches. It's all gone. And I'd, I never, like, just genuinely never noticed when that had changed back. Yeah. But it would make so much sense, just the fact that it cuts to the hospital and your, your grindhouse filter is vanished. Yeah. I think on this is kind of where I, to be fair, I think I've kind of, it's like I've almost like split my 
list into the two parts of the film because mm-hmm. all the good parts is all like the first half of the film. Yeah. And everything that I kind of didn't like is in like the second half. Of the all film. right, aye. Um, obviously, like like one of my kind of issues is normally with like a Tarantino film is you get a nice bit of backstory. Mm-hmm. You didn't really get any backstory on why Stuntman Mike does what he does. Yes. And I mean, like, is he really a stuntman? Mm. And I mean, he kind of plays it off like, like he is because he talks about like, the films and TV shows that he's done and stuff. But not one of them have heard of yeah. the actors or the television shows. Um, I think, as obviously getting into like the introduction to the girls, I was not a fan of Kim. Oh yeah, I I the the driver of the lassie with the, yeah, the curly hair. Yeah, I just I reckon if it was because of the way like the way she was portraying the character and that, just the way uh, that she like heckled and stuff, I just didn't I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't gel right. Nah. Aye. Um what did you think of like the the first part of that where we were put in black and white for for what felt like no reason? Yeah, I have no idea. Good. When watching it, at first I thought, is it like, a, are we looking at through the eyes of Stuntman Mike? Because he was wearing sunglasses at that point. So I thought, maybe. And then I was expecting it to cut to colour when he took his sunglasses off. I was yeah. thinking, maybe that's a wee director trait there. But it didn't. It was just, just black. Like, there's obviously something I'm not getting with that. Because that just seems a bit odd. That yeah. black and white. And then when it was not like just when they close the trunk or like they close the car door, it just cuts the color because Aye. when that scene first starts, it's in color for a millisecond, then switches to black and white. Yeah, and it's just the the whole creep factor of Stuntman Mike, where he's looking at Rosario Dawson's feet. Yeah, and he's 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 like a moth to a flame. He just wants to touch it, and how <laughs> he just chucks his keys down. But he's like the fact that he licks his fingers and runs it across our toes, and uh, he's like, "Oh, you creepy, creepy man!" And he's like, "Oh, there's my damn keys!" And he just fucking hams it up. Yeah, no, when I was reading through all the trivia points and stuff, that were in the trivia notes, it did say that that scene there was, it was that was included in the extended cut. Right. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe that was in the if that window if that was in the cut that had all the trailers with it or no. Aye, possibly. But what's the word? Oh. Now, obviously, our new characters we've got. Have you said Kim? Yeah. Now was she a makeup artist? No, Rosario Dawson was a makeup artist. Yeah. I think Kim might have been a stunt. Yeah, woman because of Zoe was as well. Yes. Because she shows up, they meet with her at the diner yeah. or something, and it's funny where she's she's more or less playing herself because I think she was really famous for being Uma Thurman's yeah. standable for Kill Bill, uh, so doing a lot of the the heavy work there. Yeah, you had is it Mary Elizabeth yeah, Winstead? She was a model. Like, yes, yeah. in the Vogue magazine, and and I Zoe Bell was a stunt. Some and, women. Yeah, who was that? What was Abernathy's fucking like? I, I think she was a makeup artist. Aye. Yeah. So, they've got like a background in movies. It would have been like there. You would have thought maybe you would have they would have had a link with stuntman Mike. Yeah. 
uh. or they would have witnessed like man he looks like like if, if he was a since they're in the same town, it could have been a stuntman on... Yeah. Cause that, so you never got to see his day job, to see whether he ever was a stuntman or not. Because uh. all you see of them in their story at first, because he's not in it for a long time. Yeah. He's at the start, taking pictures, touching feet, then he leaves. And then it doesn't show up till Until they're in the Dodge Charger. Yeah. And that also feels like a good 45-minute break, where it is just girls talking in a diner, yeah, busting each other's chops, winding up a uh, Mary's Carter's Lee, Lee isn't yeah. I? And just because she seems to be as gullible as they come, so the whole Kiwi Aussie thing, giving her shit for that, and talking about who they're hooking up with, and there was not one story where they're talking about Kim or Abernathy who's saying that they hook up with the Rock. And just, well, uh, it's not yeah. The Rock, yeah. but it looks like The Rock. So we call him The Rock. Yeah. But it just shows you, like, at the time in 2007, who was, like, really coming big at the time because yeah. the, the name dropped another actor. I was going to say Brad Pitt, but it's not. It's just someone else, but I can't even remember. But it does. It feels like it's deja vu from the first hour. It's like, man, it is. It's just four lassies sat at a table talking like that famous right. review you read off IMDb, where it's like... Right. Talking at a table. Yeah. Talking more oh, the, at a um, table. Then Glorious Bastards reviewing IMDb. Exactly. Yeah. Talking at a table. And there was a lot of that in this where they were all just sat around the yeah. table. Like, whereas like the first story kind of was like talking at a table, it was kind of a bit more into because you had like the Pam dynamic and introducing uh, yeah. Man Mike. And they were having whereas a this one's a bit more... They're lassies on their day off, so they're not really doing anything. Yeah. They're not really going anywhere, and Mike wasn't there to interact with them. Yeah. So it is definitely I would say more drier, but these are maybe more interesting characters. At, yeah. In some way, because we're talking about four of them now rather than the two from the first one. Because in the first half, some of them are. Yeah. Just you don't even can't afford that. Aye. So it's when Zoe comes up with a newspaper about the Dodge Charger and you get I've just written it down as it's the Adam Sandler guy yeah yeah I've I've neglected to write his name down but as soon as I've seen him and heard that voice it's like like, holy shit it's that guy is his eye squint I don't know I mean it wasn't Kill Bill it was the where was it it was the guy that like a hospital attendant would get his pal would come in and like fuck her when she yes. was like in the coma. Aye. Yeah. I'm Buck and I like to fuck. Or was that, that another dude? That was, uh, that was like the hospital attendant. Yes. But it was his, it was his mate. That was this guy. Aye, getting a Vaseline because it's like the fucking Sahara. Yeah. Aye. He's got like that great face and like that fucking deep gravelly voice. <sighs> yeah. Where when you see him in a film it's like oh fuck it's that dude. You know right away who it is when you hear the sound yeah. of his voice. You get the picture of him. Fat, he was, I was watching that fucking Grown Ups 2 last week. And Isn't he was it? in that and he sprays fucking pepper spray on his face like, to test it in a shop. Fuck's sake. Uh, and, I mean, when they convince... Because there's obviously this particular type of car that Zoe's always wanted to fucking drive yeah. for this particular type of engine. And they're trying to figure out... It's the trade-off they make because Abernathy 
obviously just wants to be part of the gang, wants to be hanging with the cool kids. Yeah. And it's the fact and said, right, let's leave Lee with the big redneck guy that owns the car. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? And to be honest, because it's like she's sleeping, like for uh, some reason. Kind of like she's like she's hungover. She, so aye, nursing off a hangover. And the fact that the guy's, what was his name? Was it like JT or something they cried him? Mm, I'm going on fucking. <sighs> but it was just when they were about to drive off in the charger and it stopped and they wake up Lee and Lee looks and he's standing over her and he's got like that big shit eating grin doing like a wee giggle. Yeah. To be honest, they should have just dropped the fucking sound of the jewel and the guitar for deliverance <laughs> as they're driving off because that's, that's what I feel like. I wish the camera cut back there just to see what was happening. Jasper. Jasper. And you as a Javers, like, like uh, well, just like, ding, 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 as they yeah. drive off. He's now, like, he's like yeah. I know, because she dresses a fucking cheerleader. Yeah, because they tell her, they tell him that it's like a porno a they're porno, filming. Exactly. And he's like, fuck, it's Christmas. Yeah, it? because obviously she wants to drive the charger, but he doesn't want to. To just let he them thinks, drive on their own. Yeah, he thinks exactly. they're just going to rip them off. He was like Corey Feldman in the final chapter. <laughs> um, but I just kind of wish that this whole this part of the story was just as like kind of as interesting as like the first like the first half. Aye, I'm thinking if it's because it didn't have Kurt Russell's character in it, or yeah, well, I think that's like on on my notes here. I've got for this half, it's like obviously. Kim, I wasn't a fan of the lack of Kurt Russell. Yep. Aye, because I didn't hate the second half. Yeah. As much as I do hate the first, but there's it. It does feel like it plays out for longer, and it does. Aye. It doesn't really go anywhere until they get to the Dodge Charger. Yeah. And they start talking about the ship's mass, which it's like one of these things. That of course, is a Tarantino thing that. Is it something that he's just made up for the film? Is it just something from childhood? Is it something that stunt folk do? And they were just thinking, when they fucking explain the rules of the ship's mast to, I think it was Abernathy, yeah. and you're just thinking, what the fuck are they on about? And then when they're all taking their belts off and sitting on the bonnet of the car, and you're just thinking, oh, this is nuts. Oh, fuck. And you can right away when Zoe's straddled on the, the front of the car, it's like, Stuntman Mike's gonna show up, and yeah. then that's where it it, it kind of takes off. Your your the your fucking the fear and anticipation. Yeah, I think it's like as well. It's again like the plot points. Like, how did he know that they were going to be on that road? Know, unless he did fall in, but obviously you, you never got that. Like, no. I think if you got like scenes where you've seen him like in the background just the black car at least yeah. and just to see that he was slowly following him along the way mm-hmm. like maybe it would have made a bit more sense but that's, that's that whole bit where he just happened to see them driving like just didn't they really Aye. make sense because was that not part of his confession towards the end when they're sitting batting the shit out of him saying how do you know he's like oh, I've been following you when he was greeting like a dog I might be just making it up but I think that probably could have been the time where he told them just saying that I've been Stalking is, but Ugh, it's at least because 
it's surprising that they all live in this one because I imagine maybe a similar impact but he was toying with them a lot more yeah and of course he must have thought quids in like honestly when he's into some twisted shit the fact that one of the lassies is hanging off the bonnet of the car yeah. playing this fucked up surely it's just easy aye and he's like oh this is Christmas and just fucking starts battering the car and that's it when all this was going on I was like man I feel sorry for Adam Sandler guy and when he gets that Dodge Charger back it's got absolutely fucked like Lee's gonna have to be his wife this is gonna be <laughs> overboard she's gonna have to just stay there right who who ended up more fucked? The Dodge Charger or Lee? I know. That's a, like, by the time they take back... Well, in worse, in worse condition. Aye. I, I reckon if... Aye, that would be called Lee's head in his fucking bedroom with a trophy. <laughs> I can know, I just... Play that deliverance music again. <laughs> exactly. No. Oh, Hang on, like, you see when I was, obviously, because I hadn't seen it since, like, a decade ago... At first, I kind of thought that they were going to be buying the Dodge Charger off a stuntman mic, and that's how they got introduced. Yes, it connects the dots. I yeah. that, that makes that that would be a dope plausible way to do it as well. Yeah. That does like it's edge of the seat stuff just to see that holy shit, holy shit. Because Zoe gets flung about so often, you think. Oh, the thing is, like, the amount of times the amount of times they lose the them. car spins out. Why is Zoe not just fucking? When the car stopped, hop off it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just like maybe one of those things. I, I like to rely on the excuse. It's supposed to be a grindhouse film where you're probably not supposed to th- really put logic into uh, it because Margaret came through for the last half hour and I think she made some of those comments thinking, we'll get off the bonnet now. Okay, you just stop, get, get off the bonnet. Yeah. And she was still there and I was just thinking, and I'm trying to like be logical. Well, maybe just the adrenaline. She's not thinking about what she's doing. It's like, it's a film. Let's not think about yeah. it too hard here. But it's when they do that big spin and it stops and Zoe goes flying and they're all like, Kim and fucking Abernathy are in fucking tears. They're mm. terrified. They've still got adrenaline going through them. And Zoe's like, I'm fine. Like, yeah. A fucking dug jumping at the bushes going, hiya. And it's just when they realise, right, let's batter the fuck out of stuntman Mike. And it is, it's just that when you say it, he stops the car and it's like, well, ladies, that was fun. It's like, I'm not a serial killer, but fuck, this was... And then it's like, pow. And, and it, she gets that shot off and, fucking like that, eh? And it is, it's a fucking terrific shot because you look, you actually... It looks as if you see a chunk of his arm come off and yeah. the fucking scream's like Wow and he's like a yeah. woman like a big greeting girl in his car and you said it at the start where it was they just complete changes from like guy drinking pina coladas at the bar talking about all his fucking glory days as a stuntman to this crying whimpering dog that was too scared to put whiskey on his wounds yeah it is, it's when, like, because it's a cat and mouse, yeah. and it's then when the mouse becomes the cat, and the girls are picking up yeah. fucking pipes, hanging off the side of the car, and they're sitting, beating the shit out of him, because he thinks he's driving off, and he's in the clear, and you know it's like, after a couple of minutes, where he's looking, there's nobody there, and he's, he gets his confidence back up, and he just starts kind of laughing it off, like, yeah. oh, the troubles I get into, like, like this is just going to yeah. be another one of these wild stories that I've managed to get away with. And then they fucking charge him, start smacking him with a pipe, ah. and he's fucking screaming. 
I, was, uh, I do I quite enjoyed that part because it just the dynamics changed and they were just ready to fucking batter the shit out of them. And, yeah. Which they did you do. know feel that did you know feel that when they actually got him out of the car and they just absolutely went to town on him? Did it not feel like you were watching like a Street Fighter slash Mortal Kombat like boss battle at the end? <laughs> just a combo being unleashed. Yeah. And it's all those shots where the camera freezes like, like the freeze, freeze frame. frame. Yeah. And it's his mangled pus spinning around yeah. all blurry and it was. It feels like it was on for like 10 hits too many but it was still just like whoosh whoosh and he was always just did not have a chance it was just fucking spinning around in circles yeah. and then a fucking roundhouse kick I know and then it cuts to like the credits and then halfway through the credits it cuts back and you which one is it is it Zoe or Abernathy and she just Abernathy, fucking like drops fucking, the heel in the yeah. face and you're like oh, not getting back up that's again like one of my things I put on like on the bad half of the film is like like the abrupt ending. ending, like for me, which for me making this film a bit more better would have been like somehow just for some fucking obscure reason, Errol McGraw is in Lebanon mm. for something, and he just happens to catch up with fucking Mike. Aye, and I and I think that would have made it just a wee bit better. Aye. I'm just imagining them driving the Dodge Charger back to See, Jasper's Jasper farm, <laughs> but they've got stuntman Mike on the bonnet of the car, just with the belts tied around his wrist. Right. And they've just got a shot of just fucking Lee coming in to shot wiping her mouth, going, it's about time! <laughs> Getting all the Jasper out of her mouth. <laughs> but, um, aye, it, does, it just kind of has like finished and it's like oh okay and I feel like maybe it's just one of those things where because I'm using Grindhouse as, a, as another yeah, it crutch doesn't, it doesn't need like, to have a prolonged end it's like cut thrown half a dozen fake trailers now we're on to the next film because that's anything they well that's it you do put the end credits on it but I think when it was Grindhouse they just cut right to the trailers like, for like exactly when it comes to the end and then they just start the next reel but yeah what about all the wee cameos? Because I think we've covered it. Obviously, we had Eli Roth, Adam Sandler guy, uh, the Parks, and of course Quentin Tarantino is the creepy bar yeah, owner. Warren. Aye, and like when it's like bring all the shots to the table, and said, like, "No, that's the rule. Drink shot, then ask what it is later." And he's sitting there. Was it crazy? It's like chartreuse, a drink yeah. so fine they named the color after it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what? And he looks. Sleazy, like he's got like a total like back hair, and yeah, he does look like a sleazy bar tender. Yeah, but I did like his wee cameo because hang is like he always has a cameo. Yes, try to remember, did he have a cameo in the Hateful Eight? Hateful Eight, he narrated after yes. the break. Oh, I mean, yeah, where um, like the who put the poison in the coffee pot? Yes, Aye. yes, it was. He does, I think he really likes the sound of his own voice. But he does have a great voice as well. Yeah. And I mean, like, you had that fucking, I wouldn't say awful, but a bit weird cameo in Django where he played the Australian. Ah, that, or, that's or, one or, of the... or, or, or was it New Zealand? 
Yeah, that was one of the parts that was hard. Like one of his appearances that were harder to swallow. Where it's like, oh Jesus! Yeah, like, I, I still that was a swing my, for the fences. Still, my favorite cameo was Jimmy in Pulp Fiction where they go to his house. Yes, dead nigger storage. There's a there's a Funko Pop of Jimmy. Oh man, I want that. I want they, that. But they they're so extortionate. Pulp Fiction pops <sighs> are stupid dear. It's like Big Lebowski. You're looking about thirty, forty pounds, but. Okay, so that was the end. Any final notes? Um, I think that's all I have actually. I'm the same. I went through all my notes. I mean, like we're saying, like it's no, it's no, it's no a terrible film. It's not a great film either. I mean, it does have some some issues. I would say I would try and think. I would class it above average. Yeah, like. like when I was doing my my ranking system last night, like even though it's at the bottom, it's no a dreadful film. No, there's you know, it's like, got some redeeming characters. Yeah, and it it's not outright unwatchable. Yeah, because uh, well that's it. I mean, rewatchability. I would watch it if it was on telly and it was maybe half an hour in or. Like halfway yeah, through, like just before he like fucking murders Pam and exactly, you can see else. that big execution, and then just like I'd totally sit and watch the second half of the film without it really wasting my day, and I would probably own it as well. Just maybe part, part, part of the collection, like that's like, the only reason that I really picked it up. Yeah, it's because that. it finished the collection until Once Upon a Time comes out. Aye, there's that, and then like. Oh, I probably now have the tendency to collect like Kurt Russell films if I see them out in the wild. Yeah, like uh, yesterday I was tempted to pick up Overboard. Ah, uh, yeah. But I thought that mm, new one with Anna Faris. And uh, no, that's coming on Netflix in December. Hey. I will not be watching that. If it was let's old do one, a podcast. Let's do a. What the? Like no, just the new one. Just me and you. We'll uh, just we'll, we'll turn the film on, get the mics on. No beer. Live commentary. Hi. Sober. No beer. Fuck. <laughs> no. Let's get, if that's trending on Twitter, if that takes over whatever fucking motivational Monday and Friday feelings and it's yeah. number one trending on Twitter, FAS overboards. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Like. Um, well, I guess on that point then, it, it's it's time for you to fucking hit us with the, the BBT. The BBT. Right. The BBT this week was rather difficult. Well, Your the budget and box office was. Trevor was fine. Mm-hmm. But going on to box office mojo, you didn't get the separate thing. Well, you get well, it's weird because... I, I, cause I like, guess... It it like, see, when I click on it, like, on Wikipedia, it says that it made 30 million. Yeah. Doesn't tell you what the budget was. But if you go into box office mojo... It just tells you like the total grindhouse gross. Aye. But it says a death proof grossed the most and Planet Terror only made a third of what Death Proof did. Weird. I think it's yeah. just because it's Tarantino. Like more folk like hardcore Tarantino so, fans yeah. rather than Robert and, and Rodriguez. And it's here though, like overall Grindhouse gross it was sixty seven million and uh, they've got here the budget was between fifty three and sixty seven. Aye. So you're kind of thinking, like, what is because like, even you go like when I went on the Box Office Mojo's website, 
I typed in death proof. I couldn't get the single figures. Aye. It was as the package you fucking grind to us. Mm. And I think that was it. I think when it came out, it did not do as well as they'd hoped for. Yeah. I think they were really wanting it to hit big. And whatever, it also came into some fucking hurdles. Like, sure, it got grind out in America, but when it came to the international release, it was not getting... It's bizarre. Because mm. you think, well, there's a novelty to that, but I reckon it's just because it's such a long film that folk weren't wanting to show it. Yeah. So, and it just damaged its its earnings. Yeah. But I think it would have been great to see in cinemas, especially with like the fake trailers in between. Because I've no got a list of them in front of me, but I know you had a few guys. Was it not like Edgar Wright done one? I'm trying to remember all the trailers. Eli Roth done one. I only remember the Machete. Yeah. Mm. Trying to remember. Because I feel there's something like because Machete was the only one that actually got backed. I had such positive feedback for the Machete trailer. They actually made two films out of it. One of them starring Lady Gaga. Yeah. And you know who the bad guy was in that one? Apart from Mel Gibson. De Niro? No. That's the other one, isn't it? Fucking Senior Bob. Oh, right. Yeah, is it it Damien Bashir or something? Yeah, aye, aye. Damien, you're right. Yeah. Hmm. Or Diamond or whatever the fuck you pronounce it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah, he was like one of the bad guys in it. Yeah. I always remember De Niro was a bad guy in the first, first one. Because he, he was like... that political guy. He was like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just remember him at the end where he gets like fucking caught up by the fucking like... Oh, like, like it's almost like the Border Patrol. Aye. And uh, he just got gunned in. Because mm-hmm. Steven Seagal was the other bad guy in it as well, man. Oh, aye, right enough. This is before he went all pro Russia. <laughs> all right, trivia. Uh, so the first one was Zoe Bell done all her own stunts. That's no surprise. No surprise. Because she was obviously Uma Thurman's stunt double. Did you notice the big trouble in Little China Easter egg? Oh. In the bar in the f- in the first act. Nah. If you go back and look at it. Jack Burton's tank tops and display. Oh, right. Oh, just like on the wall, like movie memorabilia type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Just surprised that you never noticed that. Aye, because part of me was like looking out for some sort of reference like that. And to be honest, like, I was imagining if there was some, maybe like something at Pork Chop Express. Yeah. Something throw away like that, like a vehicle parked at sides. Uh-huh. But, aye, fuck, I, I'm going to have to Google it. Because that's yeah. it. Someone will freeze framed and done screenshots of that, so it'll be interesting. One star there reviews. Was, a... Yeah, aye, there was quite a a chunk. When you're doing a percentage, it was almost twenty five percent were one star reviews. Huh? The rest were quite spread between four and five. But uh, Amazon one star reviews. Obviously, we encourage our listeners to go to filmsandswearing.com Click on the Amazon link on the right-hand side of the page. Buy or sell an Alpil fucking Funko Pop and just send us it. Exactly. That's all we want for Christmas. Aye, no. That's all we want. Forget Al, get us Jimmy. Oh, yeah, get us Jimmy. Ah, exactly. Let's. I'm going to put it under Amazon the new. In fact, if you really want to blow my socks off, get the fucking Soul Glow. <laughs> I fucking want that. Oh, $119.99. There's two left in stock. I mean, I order paid, soon. 
I mean, I paid a hundred quid for a a cookbook about a decade ago, but I never paid it. Mum and Dad did, you know. But Wait, still, hundred twenty four ninety five for Vincent Vega. Oh, for a wee pla- like a wee, wee wee plastic man. Like it's not even fucking signed. That's like as bad no, as like exactly it's as bad as the shit you see in Hogan's beat shop. It's like signed figures of like him like his thunder lips for Rocky Three signed it as well like two hundred and fifty bucks. It's like. I seen you fucking pay for that um, <laughs> love. Was it Bubba the Love Sponge? Aye. You didn't need any fucking money for me, son. Exactly. So, I don't think we're gonna get a Bubba the Love Sponge pop. But we're <laughs> 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 just Hogan <laughs> popping his wife. Uh, uh, right. So one star reviews. I have three bullet points. Uh, the reviews are as follows: absolute bollocks. Is our uh, first one. Tarantino knows exactly how to make a shit film and nothing else. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And our last one. Tarantino has been a lot of things, but never boring. Until now. 14-year-old boys may, however, find parts of this film exciting. In brackets, that's not a compliment. So, Mike, what part of the film do you think that 14-year-old boys might enjoy? I mean, like, the the head-on collision, maybe, if you were into that. I mean, like... Oh, no, I, was, I was thinking, like, the lap dance. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I was highly jealous of Kurt Russell at so, that point. So, like, sex and cars. But, um, no, like, fucking... Yeah, like, when I was 14, it was all about, like, violence and fucking shit. I just... Ah, uh, fuck one-star reviews. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, like, heard a one-star review that I, I agree with. Yes, ah, that's a No thing. matter how bad the film... In fact, actually, I agree with every one-star review that come with Fifty Shades. Ah, yes. Yeah. No. Funny that the third one is now on Now TV. I will not be watching it. <laughs> nope. Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. Back no beer. No beer. <laughs> Double fucking battle, fucking that fucking thing, mate. Michelle comes in, there's just a typewriter, all work and no play makes Mike a sad boy. Ah, fuck that. <laughs> no. It's just a scene at the shining, just me and you, uh, our fucking hairs off on our faces. It's just like uh, Jack yeah, Nicholson. You tell him, pal. Jack Nicholson staring at the windy. And instead of a grass maze, it's a fucking Blu ray, Fifty Shades Freed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next week on the films and swear movie podcast it's christmas i know if i was savvy enough i would have had sleigh bells ringing right now yeah um, this is the first time that we're actually going to watch some christmas movies at christmas yeah you know you got it you know the entry music is going to have to be the opening for home alone aye i'll try that yeah aye well we'll see we'll look what has what youtube has to offer yeah. but we are going to kick off our Christmas two-parter. Yeah. It is, it's just going to be two episodes, and then, then we're taking our Christmas holidays. On episode 208 of the Films and Swear and Movie Podcast, we will be reviewing Die Hard. Yeah. Um, I reckon I could probably write my, write my notes for that in the next hour, mm-hmm. without even watching the film. Aye. Because... That I have genuinely lost count of how many times I've watched this film. Easily past the 30s. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's good because when we talk about, it, we'll get. It's also like our first stab at the Die Hard franchise, so we could have a wee chat about that at the start. Yeah. Going to do our film review. Uh, we did our Twitter poll, and it was determined after about fifty votes. Yeah. Uh, that Gremlins will be the the second half yeah. of our Christmas movie yeah. podcast. You know, I've not watched Gremlins in absolute years. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. But- I was kind of sad that we didn't get like National Lampoons. I know. Because I do like a wee bit of fucking Christmas vacation. Aye. And Gremlins ran away with the poll. It really did fucking win by a mile. But yeah. towards the second half of that week, you did see both uh, Christmas Vacation and Home Alone 2 lost in New York properly start yeah. to gain some votes but it was not enough Aye. to clearly some folk fucking love gremlins yeah so and I mean we can always pull a chat about like other kind of Christmas films that we obviously like watching yeah no, that's it like, we can even include On... like ones that we've started to oh, are now part like. of the tradition yeah I mean yeah. like even though I've already watched it this year I'll probably watch the night before again mm-hmm did you get a chance to see that uh, Better Watch Out yet? No, not that. It's on the list. Yeah, it's on Now TV, yeah. Exactly. So, next week, Die Hard, Christmas yep. season, films and swearing. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon. Use the, the, the handle, username, at FAS Podcast to keep up to date with what we're doing. And other than that, ladies and gentlemen... Fuck off and tune in next week. Yep.